Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for watching or listening over Path to Zion again today. And uh, we're just going to get right to it. This one's going to be brief. It's very spontaneous. Um, actually, the the three-part series about how to become a man of faith is not even posted or even finished post, post-production yet. Um in its entirety. Part one is live right now, and so this will end up going on the tail end of those three parts being posted. Um, but today I have a wealth of time, and I'm still working on putting some loose ends together towards the um, Biblical Unity series. It's probably going to be seven parts. Um, it's just getting longer and longer, and so I'm not quite ready to tackle that one off quite yet. But this one here today, what we're going to talk about, actually flowed out of just a whiteboard teaching time here with my family this morning before breakfast, just sitting around reading John chapter 4 together. Um, And what I titled this, as you already see, is Revealing Ourselves Reveals Messiah. And what what I just want to talk about really just very casually um, for the next little bit is is this account in John chapter 4 with Yeshua at the well with the the Samaritan woman, her condition, and we're just going to go through, there's so many points within this, as we always say with any biblical text that we cover here, it's just a matter of which, well, which, which facet of the scripture do you want to talk about? <laughs> um, which, which nugget of, of um, thought and consideration do we want to discuss? Because it's endless, right? We could spend... 10 parts on John chapter 4. And so what I want to do, and, and what I did in our in our whiteboard time this morning, um, that is posted you know, for the public, is just this consideration. Um, and so I'm just going to read some of what I wrote this morning, and we'll jump around and, and read the text. Um, well, let's just go ahead and read it. I'm going to read parts of John chapter 4, not it in its entirety at all, um, but enough to hopefully make the point of what I'd like to bring out today and highlight. And so there are some very interesting things we have to touch on. Um, hopefully, the, the goal is that this is deposited in your, in your thinking and in your wonderings where you look into these details and say, well, why are we told like what time of day it is? Why are we told where they are? Why are we told the specifics of the individuals involved? And friend, this is how we study the word and rightly divide it. We examine all of the considerations that are within these verses in this wonderful book that's been preserved for us supernaturally um, to hold in our hands right here, right now. Um, so we'll do that in measure, and, and I want to—I say that so that hopefully this sparks an interest in you. Um, if you don't do this already, already many of you do, I know, um, to just really take time to pour over the specifics of this eternal word of Elohim. Now, John chapter 4 um, there's a lot going on, and we won't even get at everything that preceded it in any way. Um, but Yeshua is passing through Samaria, and uh, he comes to a city of Samaria called Sichar. Um, it's near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph, and Jacob's well was there. Oh, 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 we're already into some very interesting things, right? So Yeshua, therefore, being wearied from his journey, he was sitting by the well. And it was about the sixth hour. Well, why is it the sixth hour? It's early evening. Um, you know, could even be late afternoon, depending on what you ascribe to about what that means exactly. 
Um, and here comes this woman of Samaria. And she's, of course, going there for regular daily routine life purposes. She's drawing out water from the well. And Yeshua, quite boldly, we could say, tells her to give him a drink. Um, his disciples were away into the city. They're out buying food. Again, this is real life with real people. And Yeshua, the, the son of Elohim, was fully man. And he's hanging out at a well while his closest taught ones are out buying food um, because they ate like you and I <laughs> and probably bickered and argued and joked and had fun and, and, and just lived their life on the way to go do this. Um, verse 9, the Samaritan woman says to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink since I'm a Samaritan woman? Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. So already out of the gate we see Yeshua being willing to have a, a, an interaction, at the very least, with this woman at the well. And he answers, um, and he's talking about uh, giving her living water. And she says, sir, you don't even have anything to draw with, and the well's very deep. Where then do you get that living water? You're not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us this well? and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle. Well, Yeshua, all of a sudden, he's like, okay, maybe this woman knows some things about what she's talking about and where she is and things that have happened here. So Yeshua says, everyone who drinks of this water shall thirst again, this natural water. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. So this woman then in verse 15, she gets somewhat bold herself, says, Sir, give me this water so I won't be thirsty nor come all the way here to draw. She could have very possibly been still thinking about the natural of like, I don't have to make this journey here to get this water. May I have that please? Sir, give me this water that you speak of um, that never runs out. And all of a sudden, things make a change. Uh, they turn a little bit. Verse 16, uh, Yeshua says to her, go call your husband and come here. Isn't it interesting that that's how he says that? He doesn't call her out. He doesn't correct her. He doesn't demand she repent from her um, relational challenges. Um, he says, go, go get your husband and y'all um, come back. Verse 17, the woman answers and said, I have no husband. Okay. Yeshua said to her, You've well, You have well said, I have no husband, for you've had five, and the one whom you're with now is not your husband. This you've said truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you people say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Yeshua said, Woman, believe me, an hour is coming where neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem shall you worship the Father, but you... Worship that which you do not know. We worship that which we know. For salvation, Yeshua, is from the Jews. But an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, verse 25, this woman is tracking now, okay? She, she, she acknowledges he's a prophet. She's already talking about the well of Jacob and what had taken place there. She understands how 
Um, her fathers worshipped on the mountain. Okay, she's not a clueless just lady wandering up to get some water. Um, this is a, a setup of sorts. <laughs> Verse 25, the woman says to Yeshua, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When that one comes, he will declare all things to us. And Yeshua said to her in verse 26, I who speak to you am he. Now the disciples come back and they're like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Who in the world are you talking to? Okay. <laughs> the woman in verse 28 leaves her water pot and runs into the city and calls out, See, come here, see who told me all the things that I've done. This is not the Messiah, is it? And they went out of the city and were coming to him. And the disciples are telling Yeshua to eat. Okay, so let's talk about this for just a few minutes. I want to hit some hot hot points um, according to what we want to look at today. Um, because I, I understand that nearly every message, every sermon, every teaching that we could gather uh, towards this text is primarily going to talk about the beginning, about the living water that never runs dry, about the the this interesting, it's not really a metaphor, but this play on words. Yeshua is using the well, and he's using her need to be there to draw out water for natural purposes, and he's making this connection, as he always did, to a natural spiritual um, alignment of, of this presentation that he wants to make to this woman. And so what I want to talk on is not so much the reality of this, everyone who drinks from this water will um, get thirsty again, this natural well. But Yeshua is offering something that, that will be eternal. It, it will never run dry, and you'll never thirst again, and it will spring up within a man um, to eternal life. Now, there's no wonder why that's where most people land, because this is a main point of this little dialogue that we have recorded for us in John chapter 4. Um, but what I want to hone in on today is the fact that this promise is not really the end of the text in any way. And if we read the entire account, we see today's primary verses that I want to draw out, which is this exchange of, of Yeshua moving right to a heart matter to say, go and get your husband and come back. And she responds in honesty and in truth, and she is at, at, at the very beginning as she's beginning to see in her heart, in this first moments of thought, as Yeshua talks about this husband reality, she decides in this little moment that we all have, she decides to what? Reveal herself to this mystery man here at the well. I have a teaching on this before um, from years ago. I don't remember the title of it. We'll find it and link to it here. I talk about this in uh, greater measure according to some different points. And, and follow that if you'd like. Um but this woman's heart becomes at the forefront of the issue here at this well. Yeshua's statements were leading to something, her heart, okay? And he knew that from the very beginning, of course. That's how he functioned as the son of Elohim. And, and I would like to propose this um, as we look at the title of today, Revealing Ourselves Reveals Messiah. I believe Yeshua desired long to reveal himself to this woman. Um, after she was open to reveal herself to him. He says, depending on what version you read, some are even with exclamation points. This you have spoken truthfully. You have responded to me, revealing yourself and being willing to just be vulnerable to me, this stranger, maybe prophet man um, at the well, who shouldn't even be talking to you. 
um, at this hour, of course. But there was some shame involved. She was probably coming when there was obviously not much else going on during the time of day. People were out into the city, as we see with his disciples. There is a whole lot of components to lead to this moment, um, but we won't touch on all those today. But there are many key phrases within this text that we could discuss. Um, the woman is found expecting the anointed one, and upon meeting him face to face, she excitedly runs back into town. So she talks about this from the very beginning. She talks about her father's worshiping in this mountain. Um, she talks about Jerusalem. She says in verse 25 of John chapter 4, I know that Messiah is coming. I know he's coming. So he's going to declare all things to us. He's going to disclose his purpose. He's going to what? We know from all the prophecies that, that go before him, and we know from what his own taught ones, the disciples said, are you the one, all these others, are you the one who is going to restore the whole house of Israel? Are you the prophesied one man reality, firstborn of many brethren? Is that why you're here? Are you the new covenant promise to, to take the Torah of Yahweh Elohim and move it from within, from without to within, like Ezekiel talks about and like Jeremiah prophesied about the new covenant reality? <laughs> I know this man's coming is what she was saying. This is very important to the text. So upon meeting him, she excitedly runs back into the town. Many believe in Messiah because of her. Verse 39, we see this. From that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. Okay, the testimony of this woman goes forth as she's running into the town to, to tell people what had happened. This is very fascinating. This, this, this is evangelism, friends. <laughs> A personal reality testimony of simply sharing what you have encountered, what you know, what you have seen. Okay? In her case, literally. Now, this is what's interesting that I want to point your attention to, because a lot of times in this day and age, and I when, back when I was a youth pastor 20-plus years ago, I was guilty of doing this myself. Of We would take youth to how to share your faith um, conferences, and we would go through books, and we would talk about evangelism, and you say this, you say this, you say this, you say this, and then that person, the goal is for them to repeat back to you this, this, and this, and this, and then we've evangelized the world. Tell people about Jesus. Well, this is a, this is a good example here. Perhaps a whole, a whole lot better, not perhaps, but absolutely sure thing, a whole lot better then our endeavors to come up with programs and, and plans on how to do this, step one, two, three, four, five. This woman that I want to highlight here, as she runs back into the city in verse 39 and testifies of what she's seen, she says something that's very interesting and doesn't really seem quite powerful enough, uh, maybe in our Western Christian um, brains, to really do a whole lot. And this is what she says. Let's just read the text. He told me all things that I've done. Okay, so so he's he's reading my mail, we would say, in this day and age. Um, and so they this goes on to say this in verse 29. This is the very first thing. She leaves her water pot, water pot and she runs. That's what this series was about. That's what that previous uh, video was about, about leaving your water pot behind. I remember that now. 
So the very first thing she does in verse 28 of chapter 4, she, she leaves her water pot behind and she went into the city and she said to the men, come see a man who told me all the things that I've done. This is not the Messiah, is he? Okay, so like she didn't go and like share the gospel, friend, even the full gospel. Let's don't even talk about the gospel we've inherited, which is the this minimal gospel. But she didn't even go share the restorer of the house of Israel gospel. She said this man and she tells him how how he saw everything about her. He knew everything about me. And it ends with a question that she's telling these other people. This guy can't be the Messiah, could he? Do you think it's possible this man is the prophesied Messiah? (laughs) It's a question. And that question was enough for men to run, to go out of the city, and come to Yeshua for themselves. Okay? These men, her testimony, sparked in these men enough to go look for themselves. And all she said again, he couldn't be the Messiah, could he? (laughs) I love this. Now, this leads to others going to see Yeshua firsthand. I wonder if they followed her pattern as they told her, and this is what goes on in the text, so we're running out of time here. It's no longer because of your words that we believe. (laughs) We've heard for ourselves. Now we know that this really is the Savior of the world. Friend, let me just pause right here because I feel this is my life. This is my life. We have to all ask ourselves this. As as a report of Yeshua comes, as a report of the gospel comes, as a report of a biblical principle, a biblical truth comes, do we receive it like the Bereans with joy and with excitement and with anticipation that maybe this is true? That part specifically is how this lady delivered this testimony. Could this be the Messiah who's been prophesied to come and unify a one-man reality so we can be Yahweh's people? And the people heard and said, I want to go find out for myself. I want to go see if this pattern of this woman revealing herself to this man at the well possibly revealed Messiah to her. Maybe, maybe he is the prophesied king. And maybe he'll reveal himself to me. And friend, to, to take that point another uh, few feet, and then we'll, we'll go back to where we were and bring this to a conclusion. What do you do when someone comes up to you and says, I've seen who might be the Messiah. And he's, he's not quite what we thought. He's different than what we perceived. He met me in a place that I really didn't expect him to meet me. He revealed himself to me in a way that didn't seem right. He shouldn't have even talked to me like he did, or at all. Friends, many times, in my life, in the life of many people that I know intimately and love, we are finding Messiah to be much different than what we have been brought up to believe. He has revealed himself to us as we have revealed ourselves to him in humility to say, you know what, Father, I am willing to endeavor to know your Son and you yourself 
differently than what I've inherited. I am willing in humility to lay down my doctrinal concrete footers. I'm willing to say, here I am. Here I am. This is just who I am. Who are you? <laughs> what, a great, what a great question. Friend, how do you respond when someone brings to you Messiah, a biblical truth? Do you willingly embrace it like this woman, like the Bereans, and say, look, I'm okay with this maybe looking a little different than what I had imagined? Could this be the Messiah? Could this Yeshua, who says by his name and his life, Yahweh is salvation, could this be Messiah? I thought I knew him. I thought I knew him in Jesus. Maybe there's some excitement that we can hear from someone else come running up to us in the city where we are and say, look, I may have met Messiah. Friend, how will you respond? How will you respond? I would, I would humbly present before you to consider being like these men. Being like the Bereans, the Bereans ran to the capital S scriptures. They ran to the Torah and the prophets to see if what they were being told was true. It had to agree. It had to agree or it had to go. We talk about that a lot. In this case, these people ran to meet Yeshua to see an answer to this question that this woman proposed to them. This guy can't be the Messiah, can he? Is he Messiah? And then what did they say to our point that we just read? It's no longer because of your words that we believe. We've heard for ourselves. Now we know that this really is the Savior of the world. Friend, that's what many people are having right now all across the entire world. A revelation of Messiah that says, you know what? I heard you say something that like, I don't know. That sounds pretty crazy to me. But I looked to the scriptures and I ran to him. I ran to Messiah. I know him through his word. I ran to him. <laughs> and my eyes were opened and my ears can hear. Yes, we've seen for ourselves and we believe. I don't need just your testimony anymore. Now I have my own. Let us learn from this, friend. When any one of us allow Messiah to see who we truly are, we begin to see him for who he is. And then we have to ask, and it's okay to ask, friend. I hope you know it's okay to ask, is this true? <laughs> Could he be my salvation from Yahweh? Then this pattern, if this is a pattern that we can go with within the word of Elohim, it spreads to others. And they have an opportunity to seek Messiah on their own and do likewise. Believe or keep walking out what you already believe. Believe in what you see, what is being revealed as you reveal yourself. Maybe you reveal yourself and then Messiah reveals himself to be a whole lot different than maybe what you expected or what you formerly knew him to be. The result is the preceding verses. The water that he, Yeshua, gives us will become a fountain of water within us springing up to eternal life. John chapter 14, verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved by my Father, 
and I will love him, and I will manifest, disclose, reveal myself to him. In the Greek, this simply means inform towards. So here's the pattern for your consideration. Friend, are you willing to completely reveal yourself to Messiah? Maybe for the first time, or maybe for the 150th time, to reveal yourself to him, so that you can be postured like this woman at the well for him to reveal, disclose himself to you. So let us consider that. I believe this is something good for us to meditate on, all of us, no matter where we are, whether we're in kindergarten or whether we're in advanced classes um, doing our doctorate or wherever we all are in between. It is good for us to remember Messiah is longing to disclose himself. He's longing to reveal himself. And we are told clearly, as we just read, his own words in John chapter 14, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me, is what Yeshua said. And he said, my commandments are not my own. My words aren't my own. They're all the Father's. And the Father never changes. So what he spoke, the Son spoke, and we can stand upon to the end. And then he promises to reveal himself to that man, to that man. So chew on that, won't you? Thank you so much for watching. This is the Path to Zion podcast. We are rediscovering the ancient way. Reach out to us, Path to Zion podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for watching. Amen.